Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Pursuit of Wholeness show, where we are featuring Daniela Poisson on vegan eating. It's a time for change, whole foods for whole health. It is not as hard as you think. It can be absolutely delicious, most certainly will serve your health. And uh, from a recent article that Danielle has written that is on the uh, Self-Discovery website, you'll see that it increases your libido as well. So many things to discover about eating vegan foods. Um, yes, some people will decide to eat vegan foods for the ethical point of animals. Um, some people because they want to embrace good health and some people because it's just delicious. So we're going to find out how easy it is to actually embrace this change. Uh, Daniela has written a book, um, Time for Change, um, and she has actually now got another book coming out where she's now visiting the different ethnic groups of foods and how to incorporate that in your cuisine. She also has some wonderful YouTube videos which show you and demonstrates on how to cook. And she's got more coming up. She's a guest speaker. She's done many radio shows. And she's done many here with us on Self-Discovery Radio. So for her full detail on her show and her why and her how, <coughs> please do look at the link bar below on the posting and you will see uh, it will lead to her shows with us. But let's uh, uh, kind of look at what is this time for change? You know, uh, uh, her comprehensive guide to making your transition into a healthy whole field lifestyle. Um, it's affordable. It's fun. There's a science behind it. And it's, um, you know, by adopting a plant based diet, you're simply doing more for your body than you are currently. And we're going to be addressing the protein um, question. So let's bring Daniela on and discover what is this time for change and how can we embrace it. Welcome to the show, Daniela. Thank you, Sarah. It's so good to be back. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, you make vegan food really exciting. Um, the recipes uh, you know, easy. They're they're visually beautiful. Um, they really kind of embrace so many different flavors, and each one of them has a particular purpose and what it serves in our body. Your own story is is that you were very very sick. Um, uh, you were sick and obese. You couldn't walk even to the grocery store. Your doctors are pretty well kind of. Um, screwed you up to put it lightly and uh, really it was that um, downward spiral that you had in your health that kind of forced you to change and then by embracing this whole food um, you know plant food diet or vegan food you literally changed your life around and of course it took you on this path it did um, I was I was sensitive and I uh, and I had been put on antibiotics and was told that I would be on them for the rest of my life. And so, uh, but, I, but I think it was only a couple of years after I became vegan, uh, for lack of a better word, I'd really prefer to think of whole foods plant-based uh, because a vegan diet isn't in itself a, a, a healthy diet. Uh, Coca-Cola and French fries could be a vegan diet, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about 
whole foods with all their nutritional properties intact. And so uh, the day I gave up meat, I gave up pain. I, I uh, had been uh, having serious abdominal pain, and in one day my abdominal pain went away when I embraced a plant-based diet. And within three weeks I was off blood pressure medication. Over time I lost 65 pounds. I no longer had acid reflux. Every system in my body improved very quickly on a plant-based diet. And so I became very passionate about that. And I took Cornell's program in plant-based nutrition, and that got me to thinking about the food itself, that people really are not going to embrace any kind of lifestyle, uh, especially a diet lifestyle, if the food isn't delicious. And so that's what I set out to do. I set out to make the food uh, easy to prepare uh, with, with local ingredients, and uh, and make them aesthetically pleasing and um, very delicious. And uh, I have fed people this food who are just dedicated carnivores, and they absolutely love it. I, I love taking it over to my neighbors because they just are big meat eaters, but they've never eaten anything I've offered them that they weren't just crazy about. Uh, and so my book, Time for Change, I teach people how to transition to a plant-based diet because this is a resource that needed to it we needed this in the plant-based community because doctors are prescribing a plant-based diet uh, Kaiser Permanente which is the largest healthcare provider in the United States with 17,000 doctors on their payroll are are directing all of their physicians to prescribe plant-based diets because it clearly is a uh, it helps to reverse heart disease and diabetes and obesity and all sorts of of common uh, 20th century uh, illnesses that really weren't common before the 20th century. I mean, but yes, people I, used to eat plant-based diets more as a whole. Meat was a luxury, wasn't it? That's right. And so, in, and so now the the fiber that we get and the plants that we get are usually just little condiments on the side of a beef plate or a mm-hmm. meat plate. <laughs> and and that's the way it should be. If you're going to eat meat, it should be a very small amount. And the majority of your plate, plate should be plant-based products. And, uh, and you'll be amazed at how quickly your health will improve uh, when you start embracing a plant-based diet. But there was there's a disconnect between doctors prescribing a plant-based diet and people knowing how to do it Mm -hmm. because you know for one thing they think it's all about wheatgrass and tofu and (laughs) and salads and it's it it doesn't have to be about any of those things you can have really rich wonderful foods that taste great and and you can also take many of the foods that you currently eat and just tweak them a little bit and make them plant-based uh, I do a three bean chili. I just don't put the meat in it, and it's wonderful. Uh, I make a macaroni and cheese that you would never know that it didn't have cheese in it. I did a uh, television show the other uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I I uh, was preparing this vegan mac and cheese. I call it no cheese mac and cheese. And the woman who was hosting the show was looking at this this pile of vegetables I had on on the on the counter, and she said. This is going to make cheese because what she was seeing was there was a roasted red pepper, there was uh, an onion, carrots, potatoes, uh, a lemon, and some cashews. And and uh, she says, 
and this is going to make mac and cheese? And I said, yes. And you can make it by the time you boil the noodles and have them ready for your mac and cheese, by the time you have your pasta ready, this dish is done. It's very quick. You just blend it all together, and it it is amazingly amazingly similar to mac and cheese. And you can take the same sauce, and you can pour it over nachos and put some jalapeno peppers or tomatoes or green onions or whatever, or black olives, whatever you'd like to put on your nachos, you can, you can uh, use that cheese as your sauce, and you would never know that it wasn't real uh, southwestern nachos. It's amazing. Well, of course, cashews are so healthy for you. They're the B17 formula, which is the anti-cancer formula, and they carry so many nutrients and, uh, you know, disease-fighting abilities right in itself, doesn't it? Well, and cashews and nuts in general, mm-hmm. you know, people have been done uh, that show that people, you know, nuts have a lot of fat in them, and people couldn't figure out why it is that, that vegans are so thin when they eat so many nuts. And it turns out that people who eat nuts live longer and have smaller waist circumferences than people who do not. And the reason that they think is one is, there's three reasons. One is that it uh, tends to be very satisfying so you don't eat so much of everything else and two is that it's it's high in fiber and you just poop it out and um and i have forgotten what the third reason was it will come to oh it it raises your metabolism right and and uh, and of course nuts have uh, as i say this b17 formula which is the anti-cancer uh, vitamin it goes after cancer cells like a pacman um so nuts have a wonderful you know prevention quality to them as well now i know a big question that you get asked all the time is like yeah but if i give up meat or fish or anything like this where do i get my protein from <laughs> that's a funny question and it is the most common question that are asked of people who are plant-based and my answer well i have to answer it by asking you another question where do you think elephants get their protein or horses or oxen or cattle the animals with the largest muscle mass in the world are vegans. You know, yeah, they're, exactly. They're, yeah. they're not eating they're each herbivores. other. <laughs> they're herbivores. You mm-hmm. know, they get protein from plants. And studies show that 97% of Americans are getting too much protein. 70% of vegans and vegetarians are getting too much protein. Protein is absolutely a non-issue. Unless you are literally starving to death, you are getting all the protein that you need. The biggest issue, and this is 97% of people in America are not getting, and that is fiber. It's a very important nutrient, and fiber only comes from plants. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, yeah, yeah it, there is a huge point there. I mean, we, you know, look at, at the size of an elephant or a hippopotamus and all of that, and like... They don't go around eating each other. Yeah, I mean, I know tigers and lions and things do that. It's the kind of the hunt and everything. But, uh, you know, the biggest creatures with the most muscle um, obviously have to eat a lot in order to sustain themselves are all eating plants. So where did this kind of obsession to eating meat kind of even start? And, uh, you know, obviously, I think um, historically, I think people kind of did always eat what they grew from the land, and it was so much more nutritious uh, and healthy for them. Well, an early man ate tubers. He ate, he dug up roots and ate them. And, uh, you know, it, I think the evidence is pretty clear that early man was largely a herbivore. 
uh, of course, you know, it was difficult to kill animals. Uh, and so they learned to do that over time. But uh, early man was, was more than likely uh, a plant eater. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so now you've got this change of diet that people, um, you know, should take. You've made your case. Um, it's healthier for us. Uh, you've got some great recipes, but how do you get people to move away from their meat and potatoes um, mm-hmm. and start embracing, you know, a, a different type of style? Is it something that you introduce, you know, that start eating those vegetable dishes along with their meat and slowly integrate it or... I mean, not everybody can go cold turkey, but, you know, what would you suggest is a good intro? Well, there are two different ways to approach it. I went cold turkey. I jumped into it one day and never looked back. In a a couple of months, I will have been plant-based for five years, and I have not ever missed meat. Um, The the advantage to jumping in cold turkey is that you uh, get over your cravings very quickly, and it doesn't take you long before the, even the thought of eating animal protein is just becomes kind of nauseating. Uh, and so that's really ideal, the way to do it. Uh, but you, you can also have side effects from that. You can, uh, you can uh, have uh, sort of withdrawal symptoms. They're like flu-like symptoms as your body is ridding itself of these toxins uh, you you can experience a little discomfort, and not everybody does that. But I did. I felt like I'd been run over for, by a truck for a couple of weeks, but I also was giving up coffee at the time, which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. To <laughs> to, not the to coffee! Be, <laughs> and I, and I, I still drink coffee, though, uh, a little bit, but I don't drink it anywhere like I used to. Mm-hmm. But I had gone off of coffee for a long time. And I uh, and but um, I decided that uh, well, for one thing, the studies show that coffee really isn't that bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has some alkalo- alkaloids that can raise your cholesterol a little bit, but uh, it's basically you're dr- drinking bean juice. It's 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 overall it's a pretty healthy product. But I, I don't overdo I like it. Coffee. <laughs> don't ever do it because it's uh you know caffeine takes its toll so i I drink very little of it but um but you can have flu-like symptoms for up to a couple of weeks and then we but but the advantage of jumping in you know cold turkey is that you get rid of cravings very quickly but if you don't want to do that and and uh, you feel that you just can't give up meat just reduce the portion and let the vegetables overwhelm your plate and eventually you'll get to the point where you don't even want to eat that at all. And when you go to a restaurant, uh, like if you're going to a buffet, well, go ahead and get meat if you want it. But um, try to reduce the amount. And if you go back for seconds, don't get it the second time. Fill your plate with, with the vegetables and start learning to appreciate those flavors. I mean, that's we'll the whole a- thing. Is, is it, it's just a, you know, any form of change is going to be resistant because our body gets into a pattern. <clears throat> so if you start integrating a new dynamic into your into your lifestyle, you know, your mindset first has to be there. You know, I am going to like vegetables. I am going to like this. I'm doing this for my body. Um, I want to do this for me. It starts changing your palate. And if you, you know, um, well, I didn't like it once, you know, I'm never going to touch it again. Well, it's because your taste buds 
fought it as a foreign object and it's going to re, you know retaliate from it initially until you've had a few mouthfuls or had it a couple of times and the whole thing about being sick too um, you were sick when this happened so your body went for a huge detoxification so that could be a different symptom to what other people may get depending on how healthy or unhealthy they are well and a lot of people don't experience those problems at all right. my niece my niece became vegan she my niece was having horrible migraines and she had been lifeguarding and uh, and she was out in the sun uh, pulling two shifts as a lifeguard and she thought her headaches were from being in the sun too long. But she got to the point, she cut her hours back and the and migraines didn't go away. And by fall, she was so debilitated, she was having to drop courses in college. She kept just one course just to be able to maintain the status as, her status as a student at that university. But she was curled up in the fetal position, throwing up and, and just, in, if you've ever had a migraine, it's just horribly painful. And, uh, and I had not seen this child for probably, since she was seven years old, and, and she was, I think, 19 when I uh, met her again, because I spent a lot of time overseas. And so I, I missed a lot of the, my nieces and nephews growing up. But she came down, I, I was visiting my sister in Florida, and she came down to, to see me because she hadn't seen me, you know, in many, many years. And, but she spent most of her time curled up in her mother's bed in the fetal position just, just trying not to move because she was in so much pain. And the last day that I was there, she came into the kitchen, and I was preparing some vegan calzones, which are, by, by the way, are marvelous. Um, and so she came into the kitchen and she says, Aunt Danielle, do you think that a vegan diet would help with my migraines? And it broke my heart, her little pain, tiny voice. And I said, well, honey, I can't tell you that it will for sure, but it certainly wouldn't help. And if I were you, the first thing I would do is make sure that I use only organic ingredients. Because if I'm dealing with migraines, I certainly don't want to be putting neurotoxins into my body, which will be found in a lot of pesticides. And so I left, and a couple of weeks, I left her one of my books, and a couple of weeks later, I was worrying about her, so I emailed her and asked her how she was doing, and she said, oh, my headaches are gone. She went plant-based the day I left, and in two days, her headaches were gone, and they have never come back, and that's been a year and a half now. Uh, she's running off to... to um, uh, France to take courses and she's, she's been given a wonderful scholarship for next summer. She's going to spend the summer in Paris and, and she's just having, her, she's got her life back. And uh, she had been seeing two neurologists over this and all they could do was give her pills that made her feel terrible. And, and I'm not saying that uh, a plant-based diet will cure every migraine. What I'm saying is that it just makes no sense not to to look at not to look at what you're putting into your body before you look at anything else. Certainly, there are times when medica medications are the thing that are going to keep you alive, but a lot of times it's the food. Yes, food made what you put in. This is fuel for your body. It's fuel that your body needs in order to thrive. And if you're not giving it the food. That if it, you're not giving it the nutrition it needs, your body is going to break down. It's only a matter of time before that happens. And exactly. uh, while there's always uh, a need, there are, there are often needs for particular medications, but so often you can correct it just by correcting your diet.
Exactly. I mean, at least you're giving your body a chance. Um, you know, a lot of the time medication doesn't work because your body is so saturated with, you know, toxins from the food that, you know, none of the medication can get in there and do its work. So if you are still having to be on medication, you probably find that you don't need as much because uh, that little has been able to get through now to your body because your body isn't carrying so many of these negative toxins. And also medications have so many horrific side effects. Yeah. Uh, when you read my story, you'll see how many uh, complications I had from the things that doctors prescribed. It was, it's, it's just amazing, and, it, and it's never-ending. I, I, my first response to anything is look at the food because the food makes a difference in whether you're healthy or well, whether you're going to live to a long, healthy old age or whether you're going to decline into this this mass of something that would rather be dead than alive. I had reached that point. Yeah. Now, there, was, there was a point when I, I just said, if this is going to be my life, I don't want it. And fortunately, I, I discovered plant-based nutrition. And so my book just guides you through the process. It tells you, uh, it tells you about um, new foods that you can learn to use. Uh, you, you can use nuts to make wonderful cream sauces that you used to think you had to have milk and butter for. You can use, uh, uh, you can do marvelous things with beans. Do you know that you can cook chickpeas and take the juice from chickpeas and whip it up and make a meringue out of it? Oh, wow. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there are so many things that you can do with plants, uh, and there's just, it's like T. Colin Campbell, who wrote the China study, says, there is nothing that you can get from animal protein that you can't better get from plants, and and it's true. Now, you have the, the one book, and you've just got another book coming out on, on a totally different kind of ethnicity of food. Uh, I'm writing a book now, and I hope it'll be published next month. Uh, by the end of next month, and it is called Time to Change Ethiopian, or it may be Ethiopian cuisine. I'm not, I haven't decided for sure. <laughs> but, but in any case, it is a, uh, it is a book on uh, how to cook healthy Ethiopian cuisine. Ethiopian cuisine is a perfect fit for people embracing a plant-based lifestyle because in Ethiopia, they have 180 uh, religious fasting days in which they're not allowed to eat any meat at all. And so it's a natural component of their diet. And I have uh, talked to Ethiopian chefs across the United States. They've done cooking demonstrations for me. I went to D.C. and spoke with the, with the owner of a wonderful little restaurant called Enot. And he, he and his wife sat down and went through all of my recipes and gave me the Ethiopian Amharic names for these recipes. <laughs> they were terrific. And, uh, and, and they looked through my, my cookbook and they would see the images and they'd say, oh, oh, that looks wonderful. Oh, that looks so good. <laughs> and so it was very exciting to me that the Ethiopians think my food looks wonderful. And, uh, and so there are these wonderful breads that you make. Um, and if you've never, have you ever eaten Ethiopian food? I, I don't know if I have, actually. I don't think I've actually gone to an Ethiopian, though I might have. I think I have been to one in Vancouver. Um, well, but, you're You know, of course, when people think of Ethiopia, they think, oh, you know, definitely people starving, right? You know, because that's how it's portrayed. But again, when, when you have less to grow, you make things um, work for you, don't you? Well, Ethiopia has a rich tradition of uh, very healthy eating. 
and it's a tradition that's based on on basically it's based on love. Uh, if if you're in an Ethiopian village, you and, and if and if somebody is coming to your house, you invite them in, you sit them down, and you feed them. Everybody takes care of everybody else's children. They uh, bring them in, make sure they're fed, and they eat uh, off of a communal plate. And yes. what's on the What's on the plate is uh, the first thing that's on the plate, and it actually may lay on the table itself, is a big pancake, and it's called injetta. And this pancake is thin, uh, somewhere between a pancake and a crepe, and when you and it's very spongy and stretchy, and it's got a lot of little holes in it called ein. And um, and you place all of these different stews around this. Uh, on, on top of this pancake in different little piles. And then you're also served extra pancakes on the side, and they're rolled up kind of like a cigar. And you tear off a piece of the pancake, and it's, it has a sourdough flavor, and you pinch some of the stew between your fingers and pop it into your mouth like you're feeding a little bird. And, uh, and, and they also have a tradition, I think it's called Gersha, where they they feed each other this food. If you have a very special friend that's sitting with you, you, you pick up a piece of this inside the injera and you put it into their mouth. But I love the um, communal spirit of this cuisine. And the food is very healthy. It's made with uh, lots of different stews that are uh, made of beans or carrots and potatoes and collard greens and just lots of, they have a spicy um, red, uh, it's a red lentil dish called miserwat, uh, and that is going to be on every Ethiopian plate. And there's another one called atakikalisha, which is uh, yellow split peas that is, that is mild. So they'll have the juxtaposition of very spicy dishes and very mild dishes. And, that sounds delicious. Uh, and yeah, you, you, I... Uh, had a party a couple of weeks ago, and I invited people over, and I prepared 14 different dishes that I put on these Ethiopian platters that everybody just shared, and it just was a huge success. And, of course, the way we eat our food, instead of shoveling it in our mouths and, you know, not being conscious of it, eating in gratitude, slowing down, chewing our food, being appreciative of what we have changes things completely. Um, you know, as we're running out of time, there's a couple of other things I want to address is that you've written an article for us, uh, Want to Spice Up Your Life, which is um, under your stories um, on Self-Discovery Radio, which is under WhatsApp. And, of course, here you talk about, you know, spicing up your sex life. And, uh, you know, people don't go, what, food? What's food got to do with, you know, spicing up one's sex life? But um, it has a lot to do with it, doesn't it? It does. Um, uh, we have this epidemic of erectile dysfunction in, in the United States. I don't know how it's going over there in Canada. But it, it is a result of our diets. Uh, a large part of it is. And doctors are saying that if you... Um, if if your spouse is experiencing erectile dysfunction, then that could be that could be a huge warning sign for cardiovascular disease, because what we're talking about is blood flow, and if you're eating a plant-based diet, you're, it has no cholesterol in it, it has you no know, saturated fat, and or at least most of it. There are a few there are a few uh, products that have saturated fat, like coconut oil. And those are uh, coconut oil and palm oil and their uh, derivatives. And those are usually found in processed foods. And so if, uh, and those are foods that I typically avoid. 
but plants have fiber that moves things through your system. It helps to uh, clear your your um, your arteries and and your um, blood vessels. And so and so uh, erectile dysfunction is is a blood flow issue. And if you are able to eat a healthy plant based diet, you'll find that if you have swelling legs, uh, they tend to get better. Uh, every system in your body improves. And um, so I say a, a, a healthy sex life can be as close as your dining room table. <laughs> <laughs> a great point. Um, <laughs> you have some wonderful YouTube videos where you um, do some demonstrations on the food. I know you've got some more to come where you're actually going to be showing people how to put together recipes and the, you know, the, the, the good food behind them. Um, you have some speaking engagements uh, coming up. Um, you've got obviously some past shows on your archive there. You have your mm -hmm. one book, which I highly recommend you, you you get folks because it really does, you know, share the reasons why. Um, you'll also find on uh, your stories matters uh, one that you did for us um, for Christmas called you know yum, yummy vegan recipes for the festive season, and it's not just for the festive season. These are foods that you can use when in season. Um, and you know, any time for any reason, but uh, some beautiful recipes that you shared with us there, and uh, really, it's just about exploring, isn't it? It's about exploring, uh, you know, just be willing to try things new, and uh, and just kind of placing a little value upon your own health, and be willing to make the change. And by exploring and realizing how easy it is and how delicious it is, that change then becomes something that's so much easier. It is important to realize that we have to eat like our lives depend upon it because our lives do depend upon it. And I, and you don't want to wait until you get sick to find that out. I certainly learned it the hard way. And my book t uh, tells you, you know, it takes you step by step and shows you how to do it. It shows you what equipment you need and what, what's a waste of your money. It shows you what uh, new products you might be interested in. Uh, I even show you how to cut vegetables. It is really a comprehensive uh, book on how to transition to a plant-based diet. I've had so many vegans tell me, I wish this book had been around when I first became vegan because I had to reinvent the wheel. And there's no reason to do that. Right. It's, all, it's all here in my book. <laughs> well, can you let people know how they can, A, get the book, um, find your YouTube videos, uh, you listen to some past shows, uh, you will see the links on to her past shows with us. She's done two with uh, um, uh, Wise Health and she's done two with me um, on Choose Positive Living and Positive Vibrations Roundtable. Uh, but how people can get hold of you and learn more and buy your books. Uh, my book is available on Amazon in both Canada and the United States. Uh, it's time. The name of it is Time for Change, Whole Foods for Whole Health. You can also go onto my website, which is vegginoutandabout.com. That's V-E-G-G-I-N-O-U-T-A-N-D-A-B-O-U-T, Vegin Out and About. And uh, there's a lot of good information. We interview people who are doing amazing things in the plant-based community. We have success stories. I just interviewed a woman who had a, had a um, she's a psychotherapist from Chicago who had a heart attack and uh, nearly died on the table several times and and she, when she came through all of that, they didn't expect her to make it. Uh, she really turned her life around with a plant-based diet. And so she's writing a book called Staying Alive. And uh, that, and she may be someone you'd like to talk to, Sarah. Yes, sounds but like it. <laughs> wonderful. And, uh, and I've, entered, I've uh, 
interviewed T. Colin Campbell's daughter, uh, who is also Dr. Uh, Campbell. Uh, her name's Leanne Campbell, and she's doing a vegan immersion programs in the Philipp- in the excuse me the Dominican Republic coming up. And so, if you're interested in learning from some of the best scientists and best chefs in the co- in the country or in the world, actually. Uh, she's doing a program uh, in the Dominican Republic in March, I believe, and she's giving a 10% discount to followers of Vegging Out and About, and which is significant. And uh, and I have uh, uh, cooking videos from different chefs. We have uh, restaurant reviews, and we have uh, my own cooking vi- uh, videos on that site. And you can f- also find us on YouTube at Vegging Out and About. Excellent. And so, you know, folks, you know, it's just a question of stepping up and taking that step. For the full article, don't forget to go to Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond magazine, um, and you can read all about it there. And, uh, you know, for other shows with us, just click on the link on the posting here, and you will see and listen to all of our other shows. It is always a delight to interview you. You are a, a, an encyclopedia of, of, of um, whole food knowledge, and you make it uh, so enticing and so inviting. So thank you very, very much for being with us today, love. Well, thank you for having me, Sarah. It's always a pleasure. So folks, it's easy. Take that first step. Just start exploring. Start integrating more whole uh, plant food foods into your diet and just see how it changes your energy, changes the way you look at life, and just changes your whole approach to eating. Thank you very much, folks. Bye for now.